What up? Welcome to the Oasis Podcast. We are so glad you are here. You? It's Brennan here in the studio, and I got Ben with me. Yes. And Jaina. Hello. See, the Oasis staff is back. We're here. We love, honestly, there's been some positive feedback from some of you guys about the Oasis Podcast, but truly... We like it just as much as you guys like listening to it. So, maybe more. Yeah, maybe yeah, more, to be honest. Doing it more. Like, Thursday mornings, I know you guys get it on Tuesdays, but Thursday mornings are tough. Yeah, they don't know. Yeah, that's the first time. You just you just unveiled. Yeah. You opened the curtain up. Yeah. Well, I mean, we record we Thursdays. Peak. We got nothing to hide here. <laughs> Transparent. We're an we're a honest ministry here. But uh, today, we're talking about stewardship. But before I get there, I got exciting news. If you are a Spotify person, and you're just like, man, I've been listening on Apple Music, or if I've been listening on Google Play, we now have the podcast on Spotify, thanks to Jaina. Jaina crushed. She crushed all it. All I did was Google. Sometimes it's all text. It was super easy, but we fixed it. We got it rolling. So if you want to switch over to uh, Spotify, you can find us. Same name, same, same content. So we're excited about that. But otherwise, we're talking about stewardship today. But really, that's a huge conversation. Big one. And for the next 20 minutes, we're going to focus in on stewardship in regards to money. So just talking about financial and being generous, being what it looks like to, to live in the kingdom of God and steward money well. So that's that's what we're talking about in regards to just stewardship. <laughs> Sorry. we got, I just I just burped, and I tried not to make any noise, so they're looking at me. Well, Jane and Brent are looking at me like, what is this guy doing? It yeah, like it, was, it was really uncomfortable for all of us in the room here. I thought you were going to cough or sneeze or something. Or throw up. <laughs> Wouldn't be surprising. Okay. Sorry. I got it. First question. Let's go. What is the dumbest thing you have ever bought? I mean, we're talking about money. We're talking about Man. stewardship. What What is the dumbest thing you've ever bought? You go first. I want to hear yours. Ooh. So this is the thing. <laughs> Uh, my dad listens, and he knows this story, and he'll probably tell my mom, because she listens every once in a while, but my mom in high school gave me her debit card to go to the mall to buy a nice shirt for some kind of function. I had a grad party. I had something where I needed a nice shirt, and she she gave me her, her debit card to go to the mall. So I went with the mall with a couple buddies, and we uh, ended up in Foot Locker, and I bought not only a nice shirt, but a nice pair of shoes with her debit card. I didn't tell my mom anything. I just gave her her debit card back, and I came back, and my brother ratted me out Classic. to my mom, told him that I got new shoes, and I came home like the next day, and I walked up the stairs, and sitting on the kitchen table were my shoes right next to my mom, and I had to explain to my mom that I had used her debit card to buy a pair of shoes without her consent, <laughs> and it was incredibly awkward, and she let me keep the shoes because she loves me that much, wow. but it was terrible, so that is the dumbest thing I probably ever bought. Stole it from my parents. Do you want me to go? Sure, go. All right. Well, <clears throat> I was trying to think back before Abby and before I was married, like, what's the dumbest thing I ever purchased? Because she's phased out all your other dumb she, purchases? She is my filter in life right <laughs> <laughs> Except for this one thing. We, uh, we're we two years into marriage. So we went on a honeymoon. We went to uh, Mexico, went to a resort mm-hmm. for our honeymoon. It's great. We had a blast. Um, our two years in, like... Our, my father-in-law was really good at like encouraging us to continue to date, continue to pursue each other. Like you got married, it doesn't mean the relationship's over. And so we're two years. I'm like, man, we haven't taken any vacations. Like we haven't gotten away, just us two, uh, just to get away from our setting. So we're two years in, and I said, hey, let's go, let's go to Mexico again. And we have no money. <laughs> we have, <laughs> we, have we have we are broke. We have zero money. We're trying to pay off student loans. We're both barely working. She's in, yeah, she's in grad school. 
It's like, she's not making anything. I have a part-time job. No money. And we had a credit card. Mm. And so we put $1,500, which is a cheap vacation for two. Yeah, the resort in Mexico. I got... We overspent and we spent money we didn't have. So to me, that's the stupidest purchase we made. There were moments that was that week was fun. I got crazy sick. I got uh. so sick at one point that... I, it was a combination of like sunburn, horrid sunburn with some sort of like stomach. I think ultimately I was constipated. That sounds <laughs> it's like horrible. No Couldn't sleep. I, it was bad. It was really bad. And so apart from spending money we didn't have more, like and for us at that time, newly married, not, no jobs, not really any jobs. Dumb. That Very is, dumb. that is a tough one. Yeah. But at least you went to Mexico. Yeah. You probably have pictures or something. Maybe I don't, some I don't think, I, I, if sand. I looked, I don't think we have any pictures. Got some sand and like a glass bottle to. Nope. All right, Jana, <laughs> take it. <laughs> I joked yesterday when I was trying to think of something that I'm too logical of a person. I don't really buy <laughs> ridiculous things. But a couple of years ago, my family always does like a white elephant gag gift mm. Christmas exchange thing. Classic. And I was at the Goodwill, you know, looking for something good. And I found this super awesome it's a salsa bowl, but it's shaped like a boot, and it has, like, you know, all the, like, crazy colors like a Mexican restaurant would have. And I was like, oh, this will be funny. So I bought it, and I took it to the gift exchange, and then the more I thought about it, I was like, I really want that. So I <laughs> got my own gift back intentionally in the thing, and now I have this really awesome salsa bowl that's oh, shaped that like a so boot. Oh, that is so good. I think that's it's a good purchase. I, I mean, as far as, like, ridiculous, I was like, yeah, that's kind of a ridic- ridiculous one, but... We ready to dive in? I guess. First question. <laughs> what is stewardship? This fancy word, and I don't even know if it comes from the Christian world, but it's probably used the most It's here. a churchy word. Yeah. It's so let, let's, let's dive in and define what stewardship is as the umbrella before we even get to the topic of yeah, money. Yeah, no one we're talking about money. It's good. Yeah. Stewardship allows us to recognize how to use money, so that's why we're defining it. Stewardship is basically, and, and so if, there's a there's a message last summer Pastor Aaron preached. I don't know when, but his last summer on stewardship, and he defined it really well. And he said it's looking after and taking care of something that's been given to you. Mm, yes. And so that's the holistic of your life. So he he did this incredible, beautiful job, and go listen to it. It's it's so good. Of everything in your life has been given to you by God. And so how are you taking care of it? How are you looking after it? Because it's been given to you. Because mm-hmm. we want, and in, in the whole thing, the whole idea is to move from ownership to stewardship Super and we good. think we own everything i think everything is ours yeah. stewardship is saying no i recognize this isn't mine uh but i'm gonna take care and look after what i've been given mm-hmm. yeah that's super good that that is probably the clearest definition we can give so if you have more questions on it go watch go watch <laughs> oh, that message. so good so good we might link, we'll post it we'll post it <laughs> you know we're just gonna end up posting a pastor aaron message every week <laughs> yeah. after the podcast yeah. but now let's get into the the littler topic, the topic of money under stewardship as one of the things given by God. And if we're going to be stewards, we're not going to be owners of our money. Why are we why are we still talking about money? I mean, why why does it the conversation draw in today on this specific small topic instead of just stewardship as a whole? We talk about money because it's and I don't know the exact stats of it, but we know Jesus one addresses it a ton and the mm. Bible talks about money period. Yeah. It Googled over 2,000 verses Is that on what you money. did? Yeah, I mean, it was like... Between that, Old Testament and New Testament? Yeah, which Google version? search, super easy, and then it was like some cheesy <laughs> website that was like, this is how much it talks about money. So I don't know how accurate it is, but it says over 2,000 verses it's talking a ton. just about money. Like, it's important, mm-hmm. right? And so we, rec- we, we talk about money because the Bible addresses money. 
uh, Oasis Young Adult Podcast. We're here to help you as young adults and college students to follow Jesus well. So we're going to bring up the Bible. Yeah. What the Bible talks about, we want to talk about, we want to address. So Bible talks about it, one. I think that's probably the clearest version. Yeah. Jesus talks about it. The Bible talks about it. We're going to talk about it. And as people, it's something we're living with on a daily basis. It's so important because as any human, you have to deal with money. I mean, regardless of if you want to, you do. So we better at least talk about it. Yeah. What makes it difficult, though? That's good. Why is it a hard conversation? Why is it something that not a lot of people seem to understand or even want to talk about? Uh, I think it encompasses our entire life. So culture tells us that money is important. In America, we live in a capitalistic culture that pursues like individualism. And a lot of that, the top three big things are power, sex, and money. So money just is a part of every. You need money to survive. Mm-hmm. I can't pay for food without money and in that i think the conversation about money is something that needs to happen because it does because something you need to deal with but it's like you said america has perverted the idea of money it's made it the thing the thing to be glorified the thing to be worshipped and that becomes and we're gonna talk about the idolatry of it later but otherwise there's the whole aspect of we don't necessarily always have it modeled well whether by parents or friends or family members, so then it becomes difficult to talk about. It We can get insecure, I think, when talking about money. I mean, we don't want to be open and transparent with the people who care about us, and then we can't be helped because we don't ever have that conversation. Otherwise, there's a ton of other reasons why it can be difficult. But even like trusting in God's provision and His sovereignty, and <clears throat> some churches, I think Ben said it like yesterday when we started to talk about this, but some churches talk about money really, really negatively. Yeah. And the fact that you got to just force force giving, different things like that, and it can turn off a lot of Christians from the conversation because they don't want to even open up the idea because of negative past experiences of what they've perceived money to be. Is there anything else? Any other difficult? Why? Well, I, I think we kind of covered most of yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, just the reality. Yeah. Freedom. Yeah. I think we talked about because the church talks about it terribly, it's usually around giving. Right, or tithing, mm-hmm. offering. Yeah. And so it's like, oh, you tell me how to use my money. Don't tell me how to do anything, <laughs> especially when it comes to mm-hmm. money. I got a question for you guys. Whether in, because you guys kind of both grew up a little bit in the church. I mean, yeah, going to bit. church yeah, at yeah, least yeah. consistently. Yeah. It's like, when did you realize, either from parents or from church or the world, like, when did money become important to you? Just individual. Like, when did it, like, oh, hey, this is something that. I don't know whether it was, I don't know if your parents gave you allowance. I don't know. Like when he's like, oh, money's actually an important thing. So I grew up in, in a like kind of city setting. Um, and so there was a lot of diversity in economic status yeah. in the city I grew up in. And so like, it was always something I was kind of aware of. Like there were kids who were super, super rich, whose parents had these massive houses and they had lake cabins and boats and they wore all the designer clothes. And there were kids who were like, they barely had any, like, you could see they would wear the same clothes a couple times a day. So I think that it was always, like, something I was aware of. I think I didn't think it was important, like, for me until I was in late high school or even headed towards college. Yeah, yeah I've always been a money-minded person. Like, <clears throat> I majored in economics in college, and I just have always found a fascination around money and just the study of it. And I've always tried to practice good money stewardship and probably really, really early did I realize money was important in a sense and that it was something that a lot of people cared about. And then it wasn't until, I mean, 
high school and college when you started to have jobs, where you started to maybe have accounts and trying to make some of those decisions like car purchases or school purchases or rent or different things that you really understand all the different aspects that, and I probably don't even still understand all the aspects that go into what it looks like to have money. Hmm. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah. My, my dad was a banker. <clears throat> so, so money was always something like, even as I watched him, he, I, I feel like I have a decent work, work ethic. And if I do, it's because of my dad, mm-hmm. he worked hard. He was an incredibly hard worker. Um, but he worked a ton and he was a president of a bank. And in that aspect, because of how I equated how much he worked with not only the amount of money that he made, but because of his job, like, okay, money's a big deal. Mm. Like money drives American life. Oh, for sure. And so very young age, I mean, he would, he would pay me for jobs around the house when I was in elementary school, Mm. like it'd be an allowance a dollar here or there or whatever. So like, you know, and so it's, it's money became, and then also I became an unhealthy view of how I actually viewed money, used money. Um, didn't, wasn't talking about saving definitely because it didn't really grow up in church. Wasn't talking anything about giving. Mm-hmm. And so just, I've had an unhealthy view of like money is everything. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's turn the corner there and let's go to what it looks like to have some more healthier views of money. So anybody listening, this isn't your Dave Ramsey 101 podcast. Oh. This is really, if you don't know who that is, you can Google it. But <laughs> This is really intro, just some of our thoughts and our ideas based on biblical scripture, based on life experience, just the the church tradition to kind of encourage you to just open your mind around some of these conversations. Just let this be a starting point to to talk about money with people you care about, with the church, different things like that. Don't let this be the end point in your journey talking about money. So first of all, we want to talk about financial responsibility. And I'll probably pass it over to Ben. Oh, man. Because he's married. He's got kids. He's probably been practicing financial responsibility. And what is it? What What even is that idea? I think it goes back to stewardship. Mm. In, in reality, yeah. it's, 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 do I have when I approach, so, so especially in America, unhealthy, or in the world, I would argue, it's I do a job. When I've done that job, I get paid. This is now mine. Mm. And so I think to have a healthy conversation on how God views money, how Jesus wants us to use our money, we need to start with, in order to be financially responsible, I have to recognize that financially this money isn't mine. Mm, yeah. That even though, yes, and it's hard, that I, it's, it, this to me is a Holy Spirit conviction, conviction thing, not even as, as much as it is like an intellectual knowledge, I understand this okay. thing. Yeah. Because I can say you have to have, your, you have, to have a mindset shift I almost cussed. <laughs> that was a close one. A mindset shift. There's an F in there. Um, from, okay, I've earned this. This is mine to recognizing God's given me the ability to be able to work so that then in, in that, this is his money that he's given to me. How am I supposed to use this? Mm-hmm. So I recognize right away, this is not mine. Mm-hmm. This is this has been given to me. So how do I steward this then well? Mm-hmm. Um, so if I make a plan. Uh, the reason I told my story is we didn't have a great plan of like, Hey, don't spend more than you make. Yeah. Like I don't, I, the whole reason behind credit card debt, right? Debt in general. And we'll get to that. Um, have a plan is incredibly important. Yeah. And then I like the three different ways of, especially depending on your season of life, if you have, whether you have debt or whatever, when at any time it's financial responsibility of giving generously, according to what scripture says of saving, uh, yeah, huge. I mean, I don't know what a good word is there. Uh, savings important. Uh, and then paying off debt aggressively. Mm-hmm. And so in those three different aspects, to have a plan in that type of way. So it's budget making. It's 
like yeah all the, all the different things yeah i think that's i think you got everything that kind of encircles that whole idea i mean have a plan is the simplest way you can kind of put it think about your money and where it's going what you're doing with it and what you want to do with it uh and then ben talked about it a little and we're going to get there right now debt is there a good debt is there a bad debt if this is the first time you've thought about debt there's a reality that it's a huge conversation in the church um so let's talk about it what what is What's debt in your experience? What's debt in your knowledge? I mean, yeah, debt is anytime you owe money, I guess. Right. Oh, good definition. Whoa. You got oh, Webster God. in the room. <laughs> that's me. There's good debt and bad debt. I think that's important, mm-hmm. right? That's yeah. a Dave Ramsey thing in general. And I think he talked about it a little bit in the church. Yeah. And I think this is also depending on the person, but good debt, bad debt. And I think some people would say good debt is student loans. Uh, Which probably a bunch of you have listening. Let me tell you right now. Uh, I think we have up to, we had six years ago when Abby graduated from grad school. Like with my undergrad and her grad, we had like close to $200,000 of student student loan debt. Yeah, you get the med that I was That I was told was good debt. And I kept looking at it like, well, this is insane. So no matter what debt you have, a student loan, you're bettering yourself. Know that there is good debt. And then there's bad debt. Yeah, bad debt. <laughs> I don't know if we can emphasize it enough, but Ben already told his story about the credit card. And when you look, we were looking up some statistics about young adults and debt and just debt in America. And some of the numbers you can find are seriously just mind boggling on what people spend and how much people stay in debt. But for young adults, number one source of debt is that what we receive is good debt, student loan debt. You're going to college, you're going to grad school, you want to better yourself, so then you have to take out these loans. The second highest source of debt among young, young adults is credit card debt. People who get credit cards spend money they don't have That's and then get stuck with these insanely high interest rates and these payments, and then you're, you're swimming in a hole that you necessarily can't always get out of. So I want to be clear, and I think we, we're all on the same page here. We don't say that you can't have a credit card. That's not where this conversation is necessarily going. Ben's shrugging because <laughs> he's way I'm a stickler yeah he's way more conservative than a stickler but what we would highly 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 encourage is financial responsibility oh, around having a credit card so real quick I'm gonna say this just in case you guys don't know because I don't pe- feel like people know this I feel like you're you're told you have to get a credit card because it'll help your credit score and if you don't have a credit score or a good credit score you can't get a loan later on to get a house into whatever or to get a car whatever all that type of stuff and so if you have a credit card uh, don't uh, exactly what Brennan said. I have the principle of not spending what you don't have in general. If you do use your credit card, pay it off immediately, immediately. Because mm. even it only betters your credit score if you pay it off right away, not even if you pay the full amount at the end of the month. And so just like there are principles to using it well and, and I think wisely, but don't, yeah, just in general, don't spend what you don't have. Use your credit card wisely if you have it. Pay it off immediately. Yeah, that's good. So we've hit a couple things, but I, we got to turn the conversation to what the, the Bible talks about. What the Bible talks about, <laughs> and probably the biggest conversation in this whole stewardship and money, generosity. As Christians, there is this mandate, this command on our lives to live generously, and that we can talk about the whole umbrella of stewardship: time, talents, intellect, relationships, and how to live generously there. But right now, we're talking about generosity in regards to money. So, 
we'll go there, we'll break it down, and we'll get through it in a couple minutes. But I'm gonna pass it to Ben and let him start. Yeah, I'm I'm really passionate about this. Um, when you read scripture, recognizing what the Bible because the Bible addresses money a ton. In the New New Testament concept of giving, or uh, like the words we throw on our tithing, and we have offering moments in our church services where you giving of your money, mm-hmm. and the New Testament moves from the Old Testament idea of tithing or percentage. So you're giving a percentage of what you have been given, uh, and the tithe is a ten. The idea yeah. of ten percent, yeah. and even in the Old Testament structure, there's three different moments and times where you'd give the 10%, which ultimately equaled 30%. You'd give 10% to the temple and, and keeping the temple clean and and whatever. And with that, it would include the Levite priests. You'd give 10% to, to the temple again, which would be given towards widows and orphans, and another 10% toward the feast. Well, in the New Testament, Paul and Jesus move from percentage to proportion. In 1 Corinthians 9, uh, he's, he's writing to the Corinthian church, actually reminding them one of their generosity that they had the year before in giving to the ministry of Paul and his, and his people. And he gives them the story in first Corinthians nine, verse one of the Macedonians and how they were giving in the midst of their affliction in the midst of in their poverty, still giving joyously and generously. And he's reminding the Corinthian church, Hey, you see, there's a story of the Macedonians be like them. And in verse six, he says, each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give not reluctantly or under compulsion for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. So it's hard for me, and I think in general as Christians or pastors, when people ask, hey, how much should I give? I would go right here. It's like, what do you mm. feel like God is asking you to give in your heart? Yeah, like so we good. say tithe, we say 10%, because it's a good number, it's a good starting point. But in mm-hmm. reality, there's people who are able to give 20% yeah. or 30%. Mm-hmm. And it's what in your heart has you been convicted of? And recognize that because we go through seasons, you'll live in a season where you're able to give 50% or 60 And then there are going to be seasons where you're able to give 2% or zero. And that's okay. And that's why the church gives generously according to what mm-hmm. has been convicted in that moment and the season of life that you're in. So I've got two questions off of that. First, <laughs> Ben, what kind of big purchase are you trying to make where you're getting all these people to give the church money? I mean, are you trying to go to Mexico again? Listen, we need private jets. <laughs> private jets, you know, we got to fly around. Listen, Jesus get... commands us to make disciples of all nations. In order for me to make disciples of people <laughs> oh, in gosh. Africa, I need a jet. No, I'm kidding. Oh, ben gosh. does not want your money. I, I do not. He will not, not see any of your time money. I, we really won't, actually. But, uh, if you want to give, you can give, but it's getting, going to Grace Point. <laughs> but the second question I have in there is you said at the end this idea that it's all about Proportion, not percentage necessarily. Yeah. So where in your heart is God convicting you to yes. give? Yeah. For college students and young adults, yeah. people who don't probably have, overwhelmingly they don't have a comfortable financial situation. They have maybe some money, but they have that student loan debt. They're barely scraping by with rent and groceries. How do you talk to that person about what it looks like to give to the local church? Yeah, super great question. And the reality is what we want to do is because we are creatures of comparison is we have this assumption that because I don't have now, I'll wait until I have later. Because I, I'm seeing people who have graduated, they have jobs, who are older. Okay, they have this money. They're able to give because they have. And what we've done is we've compared ourselves with other people who have more than we do, and we've made it a money issue, not a heart issue. Mm-hmm. It's about the amount I have, not what is God doing in my soul right now. Yeah. And so, like, for me, the first check I wrote to Grace Point was, I think, like a $12 check. Because I one of my paychecks from Caldwell mm-hmm. Hall when I worked there as a at the front desk was 120 bucks, and just wrote here's the 12 dollars because I all I knew was like okay I know God is asking me to do something here I don't know what this means and I just I just started 
It wasn't a lot, but it's what I had at the moment. Yeah. Yeah, it's huge. Luke 16.10, whoever is faithful with little will be faithful with much. And my biggest thing, my heart for college students and young adults, when you have little money, is if you can give right now where you're at whatever percentage God's convicting you of. Start there so that when you have money, when you get a job, when you do all these things, you're in the practice, you're in the discipline, you've started the routine of giving, and your heart is becoming accustomed. Because right now, it might be $10, and it's pretty easy to give $10. But what if one day God's calling you to give 10000 Yeah. But you've never given the 10 10000 is never going to happen because mm-hmm. you haven't practiced, you haven't been disciplined, you haven't built up what God's called you to do. So, And then for me, I know a lot of times when you're a college junior or a young adult, you're in a really transient season of life. You might move, you might different things. So when I was here at Grace Point first, like I started coming my freshman year. And part of the thing that kept me from financially giving to this church right away was I knew probably in three or four years I was going to be gone. Mm. So I didn't necessarily want to give here because I was like, I'm not going to invest in something I'm never going to get to see. And that was a wrong mindset on my part. But I realized that that probably is for some of you. So what we're going to encourage you to do is give somewhere. Give to some local church. If that's your home church and you plan to move back home and you gave there in high school and you're going to give there, give there. We don't need your money necessarily here at Grace Point, but we just want you to practice generosity because the Bible says there's freedom in that. The Bible says there's there's a lot of good things in that, and it's, and it's honestly a command. So give where you're at, start what you have, and give somewhere. Is that the whole conversation about generosity? Do we need to add anything? I mean, there's always more. <laughs> and always talk about everything. Yeah. But yeah, no, the really, yeah, the idea is excel, like Paul telling us in First Corinthians, excel in the grace of giving. Mm. Yeah, be generous. Yeah, so good. Yeah. All right, there's one last little conversation I think we're going to talk about, and they're tied together because there's this verse in 1 Timothy 6.10, and it's, For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. And in the church... This can be turned around and said that money is evil. It's the thing that corrupts people. On the podcast, what do we want to say in regards to 1 Timothy 6.10? Make all the money you can and give it to me. No, just kidding. Oh, no. We're going to cut that. We're going to cut that out. Um, No, read the verse again. For the love of money is Right there. Stop. Right there. It's the love of money is the issue. Not you money. Let, you didn't even let me finish. I'm sorry. I didn't want you to. <laughs> That's all we needed. Yeah. Yeah. The issue is the love of money, not money in and of itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ecclesiastes 5.10, whoever loves money never has enough. Whoever loves wealth is never satisfied. Mm. Money's not the issue. Yeah. Heart's the issue. Heart's the issue. And then we'll Christianize it here for a second. Yes. Idolatry. Idolatry oh, is man. this idea that you give your heart to something that God, that isn't God. So the idolatry of money, and Jaina talked about it a little bit but doing it whether you're rich or you're poor. So if you want to dive into that a little bit. Yeah, I think it's easy. We often equate um, idolatry of money with people who are extremely wealthy and they keep trying to get more and more money. But um, even in my spheres of circle with the people I'm with and even in myself too, when I was um, just out of college, like when you don't have any money, it can also consume your mind. And that's a form of idolatry. Like Mm -hmm. when it takes over all of your thoughts, all of what you're striving for, even when you're poor, you're still idolizing it in an unhealthy way. Yeah, totally. And Jesus addresses that. Yeah. Yeah, why the love money? You can't serve two things. You can't have two masters. Yeah. 
It's over and over and over again, this topic of money. Matthew six twenty one. Where your yeah. treasure is, there your heart will also be. Three verses later. No one can serve two masters. Yeah. You'll hate one, love the other. Be devoted to one, despise the other. You can't serve both God and money. And in the beginning of that chapter, Matthew 6, he talks about be a generous mm-hmm. giver. Don't let your left hand see what your right hand is doing. Yeah. yeah. So good. So one sentence wrap up. Ben? Oh, no. <laughs> Uh, money, stewardship with money regarding money is not a money issue. It is a heart issue. Boom. Boom. That is a good one sentence wrap up. I know we missed it last week and I'm sure you were all so disappointed, but I got it for the person who's working out, driving the car, <laughs> working at their job and listening to this. They got to get the one sentence at the end. So that, that's it. That's the conversation on money. Boom. So how to be a millionaire. Episode five. <laughs> Oasis podcast edition. We love you guys. We pray. We and we honestly do pray blessing over your life oh, yeah. in different ways. And like financially, we pray that you all would have sound lives and live in financial freedom. So we just want to pray, pray that blessing over you today and that you would live generous lives, glorifying God, yeah. living in the commandments and the mandates that he's given us. That's good. That's it. Week five. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to the Oasis podcast. We'll be back next week. So we're signing off now. Goodbye. Peace. Bye.